Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Another beautiful day, Friday, heading into the weekend, and the weather is going to be nice. Sunshine for much of the province and mild temps, pretty much smooth sailing for the next week. Some snow in the forecast in some areas, and once we get through this week, there's a little bit of snow. I think as we get towards next weekend and the following week, we see some snow in the forecast as well. So all in all, nothing to complain about, that's for sure. Earlier on the show, we were talking about getting scammed online. I shared my own little embarrassing story about buying something right from an app, for example, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Well, TikTok has become a problem in terms of, I guess, the trends that it's setting as well. I mean, you can go on there and see dances and lip syncing and all of those, that kind of goofy stuff. But I'll tell you, it's quite an interesting study in how they're using social science and influencing people through TikTok to do things that they may not normally do when it comes to taking care of their personal health. So skincare, for example, is going crazy on TikTok. It's a massive trend. Some of the skincare hashtags have like 25 million viewers. And so that coupled with the fact that next week, Jamie Campbell, who's the Toronto Blue Jays sportscaster for Sportsnet, is going to be in Saskatoon at the Kinsman's Dinner. He recently opened up about some pre-skin cancer treatments that he's going through and the shocking cause of his skin cancer. All of this put together, it felt like the right time to check in with Dr. Kyle Cullingham. He's a dermatologist, the founder and medical director of the Saskatoon Dermatology Center. He's also president of the Saskatchewan Dermatology Association, and he joins us this morning. Doctor, thanks for taking the call. No problem. Thanks for having me. So what are, if is there a, such a thing as skincare trends? Is that something that we see? And if so, what are some of the things that, that are happening right now? Absolutely. There are so many skin trends. Um, thanks to the advent of TikTok, I think that's... Um, Kind of really put uh, skincare regimes out there for the public to view and to to uh, give their input on. Um, over the past probably two years or so, I've, I've certainly seen quite a few of these uh, trends um, being promoted by you know social media influencers and celebrities. Um, some of them include things like slugging, where people are at nighttime using their active ingredient skincare products and then putting a layer of Vaseline or petroleum jelly over top um, in hopes of occluding these active ingredients and getting more effective results. <laughs> so that's one that's been been out there. Another one is called skin cycling, where um, people are picking kind of their active, in, active skin ingredients, whether that be, you know, glycolic acid or alpha hydroxy acid, beta hydroxy acids, retinols. And they're kind of rotating them through their weekly schedule. So one night they'll use one product, the next night they'll use nothing, the next night they'll use another product, and they'll cycle through these these products. And this is a trend that's not really new. I mean, dermatologists have been recommending this for, for decades for certain uh, prescription products, but it's becoming more popular. Um, the other trend we're starting to see more recently in the news is uh, tweens and teens who are becoming um, skin influencers or skin influencers on TikTok, and they're ending up going to places like Sephora and other uh, cosmeceutical stores and sharing their uh, their product recommendations and making TikTok videos of how they apply their products. So. Uh, lots of trends out there, and I'm sure there'll be many more to come. So, uh, you know, my 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 curiosity makes me ask. 
I'm assuming some of the trends we see are not good for the skin. Are there any that you see that cause you angst knowing and doing what you do for a living? Yeah, I mean, even just mentioning, you know, the three that I've just mentioned with slugging, we, we find that, that this is a great uh, tool for helping to make some of their, their skin products more effective. But at the same time, if people have acne-prone skin, for example, um, you know, covering your face in a layer of petrolatum or, or Vaseline is, is going to actually make things worse. Um, and then same with skin cycling. Some people are, are randomly cycling their, their active ingredient skin products, and maybe that it's not the, the correct way to cycle these products, or maybe they're being used a little bit too frequently or infrequently to get the, the, the desired results. And then I think the biggest one that most people are, are putting um, some kind of controversy on is, is the younger um, adolescents or, or younger children who are starting to use some of the same products that their parents may be using. Um, things like retinols or retinoids, which um, are, are meant for, you know, anti-aging effects, anti-wrinkles, um, boosting collagen production, those types of things, which, you know, if you're, if you're less than, you know, t- 10, 15 years old, you really don't need many of these products. They're meant for, for anti-aging for, you know, people in their 20s, 30s or, or, or beyond. And so they can also have uh, side effects things like irritation, things like worsening their acne, causing problems with eczema. And we're certainly seeing a lot of these, um, these patients in our clinics because they've, they're wanting to try some of these products and they've seen their friends and these influencers recommend them on their TikTok and they're not necessarily getting the best medical advice when it comes to their skin. Chatting today with dermatologist Dr. Kyle Cullingham. So, do you know? I I'm guessing TikTok is not the place to go for skincare advice. Do you need to go to a professional, or is there are some basic rules that people can follow? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say TikTok isn't the best place for advice. I mean, there are some really reputable uh, um, dermatologists and physicians who do have TikTok accounts, and I do recommend you know for people who are to learn more about skin products that they should be following those accounts rather than say your friends or perhaps a celebrity who who thinks they know best about skincare um, you know we always want to back up our 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 recommendations with science and and, and things that are tried and true and and properly knowing how to use them and so I think following the proper accounts can be helpful and if you're not interested in social media or following these accounts, then by all means, you know, speak with your family doctor, speak with a, a board-certified dermatologist. You know, we've gone to school for many years so that we can fully understand these um, these products and, and why they're used, what they're used for, and how best to, to, to use them. So is there, you know, aside from, from product use, is there things that people can do in their daily life that helps with this too? I mean, I've heard drinking water, for example, appropriate amounts is, is good for healthy skin. Yeah, I think the the water myth has certainly been out there for for a long time, and um, uh, you know, it, like I say, it is a, it's a myth. So people think that if I drink more water, my skin will be more hydrated. But you know, really, most of that water that we ingest goes to functioning our our vital organs. And if you're wanting to kind of hydrate your skin, really, the best way to do that is to take a daily shower or bath with just lukewarm water, and immediately afterwards, use a very good emollient or moisturizer to lock in that moisture, and that would help prevent evaporation of, of moisture on the skin. So I w- I'd recommend if you are wanting to hydrate your skin better, doesn't matter how many glasses of water you drink, it really depends on what kind of moisturizing product you're using on the surface of your skin to trap that moisture in. 
Another reason that skin care comes to mind is we're about a week away from the big Kinsman dinner that's happening in Saskatoon. And one of the special guest celebrities that's coming is Jamie Campbell, who is, of course, the Toronto Blue Jays sportscaster for Sportsnet, who opened up very recently in the fall about some pre-skin cancer treatments that he was undergoing. And his dermatologist talked about sun exposure from his car window. He has a long commute, a long drive. A lot of time, sun is beating in the window of the car. Is that, I I would have never thought about sunburn while driving. Is that common? Unfortunately, um, it is, especially for people who, you know, tend to drive long distances, truck drivers, taxi drivers, Uber drivers. Um, Unfortunately, you know, the, the, the windows in our cars, they do block most of the UVB energy from the sun, but they do not, unfortunately, block the longer wavelength UVA light. So that still gets through the glass, especially if you don't have any kind of UV tints on your windows. And, um, and that can cause um, uh, photoaging, it can cause premature aging, it can cause wrinkles, and, and unfortunately it can cause skin cancer. So it's very important that if you're going to be driving long distances to make sure that you are still wearing a good sunscreen. Um, that's SPF 30 or above. Not something I would have thought of, but, uh, you know, I mean, it makes sense for sure. And I think about all those, you know, for people growing up on the farm, all those years you spend on an open cabbed tractor and, and things like that makes sense. You're in direct sunlight, but driving with the window closed, I think we sometimes don't think of it the same way. Absolutely. And if you look at kind of sun damage on most of our faces in North America, we actually see a bit more photo damage or sun damage on the left side because of the way we drive. We drive on the left side of our car. If you were to go to some countries that drive on the opposite side of their car, they actually see more sun damage on the right-hand side of their face. So very interesting that we can actually see that in real life. Dr. Cullingham, always appreciate you uh, giving us a few minutes to check in on topics like this. Thanks so much. No problem. Thanks again for having me. Dr. Kyle Cullingham, dermatologist. He is the founder and medical director of the Saskatoon Dermatology Centre. And as I mentioned, Jamie Campbell, who's been quite open about the pre-skin cancer treatments that he had, even posted pictures of himself online. If that isn't a deterrent for you to take care of yourself, sunscreen, those types of things, it's uh, scary stuff. No doubt he'll touch on that Friday night, a week from tonight, in Saskatoon for that big Kinsman's Dinner. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Making our way through a Friday morning and uh, flies by quick. We've talked about a ton of things today. We threw the phone lines wide open for you at one 8255 From 9 to 10, we had a ton of calls, lots of conversation. I'd say education probably predominantly monopolized the conversation, but we strayed into a few other areas. Then, of course, we go to Bugs and Hugs, which continues to be an hour for you to to join in. This story didn't come up. I, I'm surprised it didn't. I figured that it might, but I wanted to uh, to talk about this. So, of course, a case of genocide was brought forward by South Africa to the United Nations highest court, the International Court of Justice. And this was heard, the South Africa accusing Israel of being guilty of genocide in the work that they are they are doing to basically eradicate Hamas. But in doing so, lots, thousands of people are being killed in Gaza as this war continues. 
And so today was the day that we, we got the preliminary ruling. This isn't the final ruling, but they come out with a pre- preliminary ruling. 17 judges, by the way, sit in and decide on this allegation. So they did not call Israel to stop what they are doing, but they did say they are not throwing out the case. They said Israel must take action to prevent acts of genocide by its forces in Gaza, and they must let more aid into the area. But remember, today is just a preliminary ruling, which means they didn't throw the case out. And by doing that, by they are making a statement saying that it is plausible. There is plausible reason to believe that Israel is, through its efforts to end Hamas, committing genocide on the Palestinian people. A lot of people are polarized on this topic because there are a ton of people that are saying this is absolutely not genocide. The definition of genocide, what Israel is doing, is trying to end a terrorist group, Hamas. Others will say, yes, but in doing so, there's thousands of people that are being killed, millions that are being displaced from their home and being restricted aid. So it's causing quite a lot of controversy. It was interesting as this was rolling through the International Court of Justice, there were lots of nations that were weighing in on this. The G7 nations had leaders that were coming forward with very strong statements. The United States called the allegation meritless. Germany applied to be an intervener so that they could actually testify on Israel's behalf and reject South Africa's claim. France dismissed the accusation as a political ploy. The British prime minister said this is completely unjustified and wrong. And your prime minister, he said Canada will respect whatever ruling the court makes. Weak. Weak. People were very critical. Israel was very critical of that. But it's, you know, it's interesting because the United States have been probably the strongest ally for Israel through what is going on and this war, the retaliatory efforts to end Hamas. Hamas, of course, on October 7th did the strike in Israel that killed hundreds of, of people, four, 1,400 people killed in that attack. Some prisoners were taken, and this has sparked what is continuing to roll on in the Middle East. But the U.S. is is pushing Israel a bit. They gave a warning to Israel, scale back the offensive, they said, and basically the establishment of a Palestinian state should be part of the day after. Israel quickly responded, though, saying that uh, that is not what they're focused on. They're focused on a decisive victory over Hamas and Netanyahu rejected the idea of a Palestinian statehood. So, you know, some people are saying that this war that's going on in the Middle East and what the U.S. is doing and saying will absolutely have an implication on the U.S. election. So I think that's why you're seeing the U.S. maybe start to take a a bit of a different approach as to how it approaches this and what it does, what it says in regard to this war that's going on in the Middle East. But the ruling this morning, though, is, uh, although it's preliminary, the ruling says, number one, that it's not calling on Israel to stop, but it's also not throwing out the case. They've said Israel must take action to prevent acts of genocide 
by its force in Gaza, and it must let more aid into the area. Now, keep in mind, the International Court of Justice decision, when it does come out, the final decision will be legally binding, but the court has no way of enforcing it. And that's why a lot of people are critical of this entire process. The notion of the United Nations highest court, the International Court of Justice, much like the rule of, of war, the rules are there and they can be upheld and you could be found guilty of breaking them. However, when it comes to actually being enforced, there is no mechanism to do that. So another fairly significant um, ruling by a court that just came out this morning on that. My chat with Jim Hobson, we had at 8.30 this morning, uh, an incredible fella, incredible leader who is battling cancer as we speak, and it has uh, been a real challenge for him. That's coming up just after 12 o'clock, right here on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.